Hello and welcome to Bayhem, the Michael Bay Talk from Society retrospective podcast. I'm your host, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk from Society. With me for this look into the mind and films of Michael Bay are my two co-hosts. First, Mike Schindler. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Amazing. And also Diego Crespo. Hey, Diego. Hey, how's it going? Hello, everyone. I'm ready. Hello, everyone. (laughs) We are ready. This is officially episode one of this podcast retro on Michael Bay. Uh, We hope you listened to the intro episode, laid out the groundwork for this. We're jumping in to uh, Michael Bay's first feature film, Bad Boys, released in 1995. Coincidentally enough, and I did not plan this, um, uh, we're recording on a, on a Sunday night, April 7th, uh, the 24th anniversary of Bad Boys, which is insane. <laughs> Again, we did not plan this. First off, boys, how you doing? You doing good? <laughs> doing okay. I'm doing, yeah. doing good. I'm doing swell. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm excited too. Um, this is officially our, our first dive into Michael Bay's work. Bad Boys. Are we ready to talk about Bad Boys? Let's talk about Bad Boys. I'm ready. Yeah, we're ready. I was born ready. <sighs> oh, okay. Again, uh, we're, we're recording this on the 24th anniversary of Bad Boys. It came out April 7th, 1995. Uh, had a budget of, I wrote it down, 17 to 19 million depends on who you ask if you ask michael bay it's 17 million if you ask box office mojo it's 19 million (laughs) um and yeah it it made a a a lot of money i have it right here it made 65 million dollars domestically and 141 dollars worldwide so huge hit for bay um and a huge start to his career uh let's dive into it Bad boys. Well, let's do the, 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 you know, the, yeah, always easy first question. Uh, uh, when did we first experience bad boys? Let's start with Diego. Diego, when did you first experience this movie? Uh, I believe after my, my adventure with bad boys two. I, I don't think I saw bad boys there as well, but I, I vividly remember double featuring bad boys and bad boys two with my dad. On like a Sunday afternoon or something like that. We were barbecuing. Oh, nice. I was probably too yeah. young to have seen it still, but I did. <laughs> uh, and Mike, what about you? I probably would have seen this uh, right after Armageddon because like I saw The Rock and I loved it. And then when I saw Armageddon, I think that's when I said like, okay, I'm officially a Michael Bay fan now and I need to go back and watch that other movie that I was aware of that I haven't bothered to watch yet bad boys so i rented it uh i think on laserdisc because either i rented it or i I owned the laserdisc i'm not sure which but it had these liner notes because all the sony movies had these amazing liner notes where they really like dug into like the history of the production and everything and uh I, i remember reading those vividly so yeah yeah, for me, um, I I came in late to this. Uh, was for sure after Bad Boys Two, 
um, I'm thinking maybe like four or five years ago, I finally sat down and watched this after being such a huge blind spot for me. I mean, I had seen parts of it on TNT. I'm sure as anybody did in like the late 90s, early 2000s, because they, <laughs> they play this repeatedly. They play this a lot on TNT. Um, I saw the whole thing um, on like DVD, like through Netflix, I'm sure. Um, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, this is a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'll jump ahead and say I'm gonna add this to the longest of films where a a first time filmmaker basically lays out his whole game uh, in the first film. Like this is front to back a Michael Bay movie, and uh, you see his trademarks all throughout. And I was happy to see it. I'm, I was happy. Is it my favorite Michael Bay? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But no, I, I, I'm happy when I saw it. I was, I was excited. I was like a, a schoolboy. Like, yes, this is amazing. I'm glad it, it, it still holds up uh, after so many years. But yeah, that's me and Bad Boys. Um, so let's talk about, like, his, I guess, overall feelings about this. I mean, I mean Mike, uh, how, how, how do you feel about this as, as being Bay's first movie? I kind of love it. I mean, one of the things which I always thought was kind of cool about it was like, especially coming into it late, you know, seeing The Rock, which was, you know, a big summer blockbuster, even though if it was, you know, on the smaller side of that. And then Armageddon, which is as big as a movie can be, you know, to go back and see this movie, which is like a buddy cop comedy action movie and see that he's sort of like bringing all of that trademark stuff that you see in his massive movies to this small story like that always really kind of struck me and watching it again now I was just kind of blown away by the level of skill that was coming from a first-time filmmaker who we all know for doing like a very specific thing and how he was doing that thing really really well right from the very beginning so yeah I, I i love it yeah you know um after doing some quick research on this movie i was surprised to find because i mentioned before the budget was like 17 to 19 million and michael bay if you hear the commentary on bad boys you'll hear him um complain and bring up the budget a lot <laughs> you know saying saying the studio kind of was like being cheap and he had to put in his own money for some shots um and i you know i didn't know that when i first watched it and it wasn't until recently that i found that out that it was shot super cheap and michael bay will tell you how cheap it was <laughs> um but i i i'm so happy that it's just so big with you know as a little budget uh th- that it had i mean diego what, what are your, what are your impressions on this as being uh bay's debut yeah, it's uh, it's like Michael Mann's Thief and then Bad Boys. Like I'm sure there's other stuff you could fit in there, but off the top of my head, that's what I come up with. No, uh, you're, you're right. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I said earlier, it's like it's like it, it, it it's it's along with it's like a long list of movies where the the director in the first movie is like, here's here's what I'm gonna do with the rest of my career. It's like Blood Simple, Thief, Bad Boys, <laughs> like it's yeah, like the it's Duelist, that kind of movie. You know, yeah, the Duelist, yeah. Uh, yeah, Diego, but go ahead, Diego. But no, for even with like the struggles of the budget, because uh, even in the '90s, mid '90s specifically, the let's say like rounded up to 25 million, even like let's be let's be real 
uh, uh, gracious with the money that that Bay put into this too, like excessively gracious. That's not a lot for a movie like this that feels huge, but is not actually huge. I, just for perspective or whatever, I don't know why this sticks in my head, but like in like 1996 or whatever, the average budget for like a studio movie was like 30 million bucks. I don't know why I know that. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what it is today, but I know what it was in 1996. So there you go. Well, today it might and, be too big, and that's a whole other discussion we'll get into down the line. <laughs> but um, and I, I, I read real quick. I'll say that um, in the commentary, Bay mentions the $17 million budget, but he he says that he used for the production like only like like eight or nine million, which I don't know where the rest of the money went to. <laughs> Oh, he just kept but, it. He was so mad at the studio. He's like, no, fuck you. That's mine now. But yeah, but like it, it, uh, talking about this in the commentary and other interviews, I think he's very like, yeah, I made this for super cheap. Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't believe how cheap I made this for. So yeah, he keeps, you know, uh, undercutting just how, how much the, the studio gave him. So anyway. Okay, yeah. but even, even then, if that's true, yeah, that's crazy that this movie looks like this. Everything feels like gigantic, and that will eventually be solidified as Bay's like uh, motifs. You know, visually, like everything is is built for maximum immediate impact, maximum entertainment. Everything, maximum, maximum, maximum. And if, for like the, that hamstring budget, that's crazy, man. Like they blew up an airport. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what did that you, cost? Um... <laughs> uh, 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 what, uh, why don't I toss in this story so um, Bay wanted to do the shot where the guy explodes uh, and gets spit out of the exploding plane right oh yeah that's and awesome. the studio was like we don't have the money for that we're, we're not paying for that and he failed to get the shot he wanted so he put down his own money he put down $25,000 of his own money to get that shot the classic iconic shot of a guy getting thrust out of an exploding airplane, and it's not to be like a, a, an audience like uh, like the audience went crazy for that shot. They clapped during that shot, and <laughs> Bay sent Columbia Pictures a check for twenty five thousand dollars, <laughs> saying, <laughs> "You basically owe me this money for me putting down this money for ma- for making this movie as entertaining as it is." So, yeah. That's the, you know he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what shots, what shots is required of uh, entertainment like this. So yeah, he know <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, Mike. I mean, talk about just the the grandness of this because I. What's funny to me? Okay, and when I first watched this, this this is what was what so, what was surprising to me. This is basically a Three's Company episode. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a flat out comedy for a lot of it. I mean, you have Martin Lawrence, you have Will Smith, and at this point in their careers, they were doing sitcoms. Like uh, Martin Lawrence was doing Martin, and Will Smith was doing Fresh Prince of, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they're funny. They're funny in the movie, but the fact that they're in this action, this huge gigantic action comedy. Like it's it's <laughs> it works so well when it really shouldn't. I mean, I mean, Mike, talk about the grandness of like how well the action is. And and that's the thing. That's why like I was not like seeking this out after watching The Rock because I kind of dismissed it as being like this little comedy thing with some action in it instead of like an action 
comedy, you know? It's like Martin Lawrence, like what? <laughs> you know, in an act, he's he's an action star, sure, yeah, you know? And it's weird because like I think that the lines are really blurred since then and you know, you don't really have like action stars anymore. I mean, I guess you have like Jason Statham and The Rock and but the, I mean, you know, when you know one of the biggest action movies of last year stars Paul Rudd, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, these things don't really matter. But at the time, it seemed like they did. So I was really dismissive of this thing, which I knew nothing about. And, you know, it it really kind of blew me away. But I mean, I I feel like that's all Bay that brought that to the movie, because like one of the things which is in those liner notes on that laser disc is that when this movie was originally written the, the people who were in mind the people who were originally cast in this movie oh yeah <laughs> were dana carvey and john lovitz <laughs> and it's like yeah. what no <laughs> no you can't that's you know so so i really do think that it was bay who was like we are going to make this legit where you're going to treat this seriously as as an action movie and not just as like a comedy with some fairly lame car chases in it. I mean, we've all seen movies like that. They were very prevalent in the 90s. And this is like, you know, the best action you'll ever see, but also really funny. Yeah. I That's one thing I wrote down is like, yeah, Lovitz, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey were originally cast as the leads <laughs> and uh michael bay came on saying hey i can sell this to a younger audience like i have an idea for this hire me do not hire the old english director you're you're considering uh, i don't know who that is but just <laughs> <laughs> i really want to uh, know it was probably ridley scott you know may- uh, maybe but oh. uh, but 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 Ridley could have pulled it off though i don't know not, I, don't, I don't know if anyone could have pulled it off with john lovitz and dana carvey <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that either. And and back back then too, like there was definitely a stigma attached to Ridley Scott. Deserved. Oh yeah, not, yeah. But I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Scott's '90s work. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, sure, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, sure, there are a lot of people who aren't, but uh, he's there, got some good stuff in there. Yeah, I'm just going to throw this out there now because I I I, I always f- find it to be weird when I whenever I think about this. But I, I, granted, this I, I heard this like back in like the mid 2000s. But Jerry Bruckheimer has said that every movie that he makes, the first two people who he offers it to, no matter what are Ridley Scott and Michael Bay. They basically have right of first refusal, which means that at some point, Jerry Bruckheimer went to Ridley Scott and was like, hey, uh, you want to direct Coyote Ugly? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what about you, Diego? Okay, the fact that this is an action comedy, okay, starring Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, uh, that's jam-packed with being a michael bay action movie <laughs> it's like how well do you think that worked it's gonna be weird when i talk about this because i don't think as a whole when you look at all the individual moments and set pieces like if it was a puzzle you know you put all the pieces together and you're like yeah that piece should go here that piece goes there you look at it all together and you're like this is like 20 different puzzles like what was <laughs> what how did that happen like when you look back at it, but it doesn't ma- it doesn't really matter when you're in the moment to moment stuff. I'm gonna make very different pulls right now, but just bear with me for a second. 
I noticed that Michael Bay tends to have the same editing issues as Tim Burton, where they can construct the hell out of individual sequences. Uh, whether or not they're successful is another story, but they're constantly throwing these really like dynamic visual gags and shots and like insane depth of field. Like you really feel like on your own, you're on a roller coaster when you're watching a Michael Bay movie. But like Tim Burton, he can't always stitch together functionally. But Tim Burton's like far more like adrenaline pumping than Tim Burton, so it matters less. And on the flip side of that, I think for that mass appeal thing you guys are getting at in terms of like let me make uh, me being Michael Bay, let me make my version of this and I'm going to win over uh, the younger crowd. I'm going to get butts into the seats, you know. Uh, I feel like that's a little James Cameron-y. So it's kind of like if you got these two disparate personalities and Burton's like inabilities to like stitch stuff together and James Cameron being like it's not going to matter anyways because – I know what the people want. And you just, you come up with this weird idiosyncratic human being <laughs> who who doesn't play by anyone's rules, but his own. And the truth is he might not even have rules, but he knows what people want at the end of the day. Otherwise he would not be as nearly successful as he's become. Like, we'll we'll talk about the transformers movies eventually, but like for all the complaints people have about him, he made five of them, and they all made money. Yeah, a lot. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think this movie, Bad Boys, works. Like, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, Diego. Like, it's, it's, a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of pieces there, and I think for me, it all works. Surprisingly, it works. Like I said, I think the the premise, and we'll talk about the premise here. It's insane. <laughs> I did not expect this to be the premise of Bad Boys. You know, it's it's a like uh, Martin Lawrence's character. He's like, oh, now I now got to pretend to be Will Smith, <laughs> <laughs> and Will Smith has to pretend to be Martin Lawrence, and Will, and Will Smith has to you know go to Martin Lawrence's character's uh, house and 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 be the father. <laughs> it's a plot. It's a, it's a sitcom plot. It's insane. <laughs> but, for, but for some reason, for me, it completely works in this. You know, I, I buy it. I buy these characters. I, I buy the action. I, I buy the premise. I think it really comes down to the, the characters and the, the actors playing them. Yeah. They have, like, God-level chemistry. They have, like, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon-level chemistry easily. And they really elevate maybe things that don't work for me when I look at them individually or, like, as, as a piece of the whole. But individually, they'll... It doesn't matter because it's like, ah, that's funny. Like, or haha, I like these people doing yeah, dumb and things together. These are terrible police officers, but uh, <laughs> they make me laugh. That's, uh, that's uh, another factoid I can bring up is Michael Bay hated the script as as it originally was presented to him, <laughs> and he let Lawrence and Smith just improvise a lot, a lot apparently. So a lot of scenes of the movie are just made up by Lawrence and Smith, and them being, you know. Again, they're they're starring in uh, huge sitcoms at the time. You know, they're massive entertainers. You know, uh, Michael Bay knowing to put them at the front line and saying, "Do what you want." You know, make these characters your own. He's smart in doing that, and because of that, like you said, Diego, like the chemistry works, and I think the movie works so well. Like I can't imagine any other pair, you know, uh, in this movie working as well as like Smith and Lawrence. So. Yeah, all credit to them and Bay being smart enough to say, just do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, uh, Mike, what do you think about the pairing of Smith and Lawrence? Uh, I think it's way better than Dana Carvey and John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that they're really good, you know, and, and I think it, it you can see why, you know, they became such big movie stars, you know, and, and, and they really can hold up this movie. Uh, and, and yeah, I, but you know, I think the kind of the secret weapon in this movie in a lot of ways is Taya Leone. Yes. Thank you for bringing her up. I mean, um, I, th- I think she's awesome in this and, uh, it's just, I mean, it's, this is going to sound weird, uh, but it's a very sort of like subtle performance in a, in a sense, you know, like the idea that she's way ahead of these guys, like way, way early on. And just the way that she sort of like indicates that through like the tiniest looks here and there. I don't know. I, it, uh, I like that. I like yeah. that. Let me just get this out of the way. Um, so Taylorani, I I love her in this. I I mean I really do. Uh, whatever the hell she's doing in this, I love it. <laughs> but it's okay. And I tweeted this out when I first watched this movie like years ago because I could not get this out of my mind. There's there's a shot of Taylorani in bed in this, uh, like laying down. It's it's when she tries to seduce uh, Martin Lawrence because she thinks she thinks Martin Lawrence is his character is. Um, Will Smith's character, because like, Will Smith is supposed to be like the suave, you know, single guy, you know, a, 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 a lady killer, but she has no idea. So, she, so she's on the bed saying, oh, we just shot a bunch of people. Don't you find that's hot? <laughs> but that shot of her in bed, it looks exactly like Megan Fox. Like, it, it's like Michael Bay has a type that he continuously goes to, like a dark haired, you know, light skinned. Like like thin woman, and that's his thing. And he's and that's another thing that got me like, oh, like this is a Michael Bay movie because <laughs> he has a type. <laughs> so that's and and I I love Taylor in this. I do. I think she's a lot better than what people give her credit for because I've seen people bash her in this. And no, I think she's, she's good. What? She's she's good yeah. in this. She, she she definitely holds her own. So I'm I'm a huge fan. Man. Yeah, I, I think uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, while they're very good, I, I, and it's not so much that Taylor Leone's better because her character requires something different because they're they're given like movie star performances and they nail it, you know. Uh, they they give their characters like an interiority, so they're not just playing it up like uh, like this isn't a dismissal, but like The Rock, it's usually playing The Rock in movies, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. We we'll love The Rock. Tom Cruise also a lot of the time. We love Tom Cruise because that's what they do. And again, I I don't want to take that away from them. And I think Martin's uh, Lawrence and Will Smith kind of venture into that territory where they're having fun with versions of themselves in a really nasty – because this is kind of a a cruel – 90s action flick maybe not something as cruel as like a tony scott joint yet but you know um and T- tay leone's really given like a real performance like a like something that could hold up under like uh dramatic scrutiny or anything and i'm not again i, I, I don't want to make it sound like i'm being negative she's, she's her character requires something different but i think that's why uh i'm actually really bummed that she did not become a franchise mainstay because she she adds yeah. something to that character and the uh, the dynamic between the group that uh, it's too bad it's not there anymore. Yeah, and, and going back to what you were saying, Diego, about like there's so many pieces in this, and maybe not all of them fit. You know, it the tone shift is insane in this because Taylor's uh, character, her plotline is she witnesses her friend's murder. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> and she's all of a sudden thrust into this weird plot where like the, the guy who she thinks is going to save her is not really the guy and <laughs> it yeah it's this whole comedic premise and like it I mean, ultimately, I think it works, but man, this is just a, a, a dynamic shift, especially like thinking back to that murder scene, mm-hmm. you know, how well it's shot and how like gruesome it is. I think overall it works, but man, does Michael Bay not know subtlety? I, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's one, that's one thing we can learn right off the bat in bad boys. Not a subtle guy, Michael Bay. Um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah like i mean yeah that i mean it's, it, we're, we're all kind of just like where else do you go for talking about the lack of subtlety in michael bay it's like well just add like a sledgehammer noise or like a nuclear bomb you're gonna get the same effect speaking of not subtle joey pantaleano yeah. oh yeah joey pants I, I have to call him out because um uh at this point his character is not to the extremes um of where i like him in bad boys 2 um but he's still uh, i mean i love the fact that this is a in and out it's it's a buddy cop movie and you have to have this like this captain character basically riding their ass for the entire like movie and joey pants is the perfect captain to do that so let's let's, let's talk about joey pants uh diego Thoughts on Joy Pants in this? All right. What did I say? Because I, I can't do the whole monologue because I'll just start laughing. But that <laughs> whole bit at the basketball court it deserved an Academy Award. Uh, and, again, I, I don't want to jump ahead but because we're talking about Michael Bay as a whole. Um, and, and in some ways, Bad Boys I, – I know Bad Boys 3 will not fit into this overall discussion. But, like, the fact that they are bringing him back for Bad Boys 3 means that they have their heads on their shoulders correctly. You know, they got their head screwed on right. Because if they did that without Joey Pants, you, you don't you don't get butts in seats. That's just the way it's going to be. No, but he's he's awesome. It's like, this is another one of those things. How I was saying, Martin Lawrence Will Smith give more movie star performances. This is like that to the extreme. This is like the ultimate character actor performance. Or it's like, what what's the character about? I, I don't know, but he's yelling a lot and I love it. <laughs> And he's angry all the time, and then you see why he's angry all the time. It's like, oh yeah, these idiots are like causing more mayhem than the criminals. Yeah, he's great and everything. Of course, you know. I mean, and and it seems like he was in everything at this point in time. You know, yeah. it was this bound, and then branching out into things like the Matrix and stuff. I mean, he's great. Yeah, yeah, and and even to a uh, 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 favorite of mine, Memento. Oh, yeah. I think I think that might be my favorite Joey Pants performance. Um, yeah, I love the guy. Um, I know he was in Sense Eight, which I haven't seen. Oh, yeah, he's awesome in that. And I yeah. mean, he's only in a few episodes, but yeah, of course, you know the Wachowskis, and and you know he's a Chicago guy, so that's cool. Oh, there you and, go. You know the Wachowskis yeah. are from Chicago, so hey, you know, it's you just you just you just have to shove in the Chicago Chicago reference, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, although he wears like a, he, they make a big deal out of him being like a Cubs fan and sensate, and I'm just like, what's going on? I, the Wachowskis are Cubs fans, you know, but nobody's perfect. Whatever. <laughs> With that aside, um, so I, I let's talk about the 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 Bayhem in this, the explosions in this. For God's sakes, that that final shootout, like Jesus, <laughs> you forgot your board and pass. That's oh, our, our, our our final line in the podcast, which we'll do every episode. Yes. If we got your boarding pass, 
But I, 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 this is the moment for me, seeing it for the first time, where I'm like, God damn. Like, I think he knows. This is why he's a favorite of mine. Despite all of the shit he's done in his career, <laughs> which we'll talk about in future episodes, he like he is a master of piecing together a set piece and making it like uh, turn up to 11. And this final action sequence it's up there with like some of his best work. And again, like if we're if if we believe Michael Bay and his comments and the commentary and everything, like he was given, you know, a, a, a small amount of money to pull this off. And the fact that he pulled it off the way he did, you know, from, you know, exploding an airplane hangar to that car chase at the at the very end, man, and he, he pulls it off in spades. Um Diego, your thoughts on that final action sequence? Uh, it's especially for the budget. Again, I, I want to bring that up. That is remarkable. Uh, Bay, Bay's action geography tends to get loose. We'll call it politely. <laughs> it's loose, yeah. Um, but it kind of doesn't matter when you're following the characters the way he is. And here, here's the god honest truth. I think for Michael Bay, I don't think he he he's not like Ridley Scott where he storyboards. I don't think. Michael Bay has ever been near a storyboard in his in his <laughs> life. I could be wrong. I, that, I, that would be very interesting. Uh, I have to do some I research on that. I uh, I want to know if if that's the case. Um, um, but, I, I want to say that he does. I I, I want to say that I just read that like yesterday. Whoa, really? I I think I think he, there was something where they were talking about how he storyboarded something, and I can't remember the context, but I'm pretty sure. Oh my and, god! And I, I, I after bring this up, this is like a memory that has uh, recited into my, into the back of my head, but now it's popped up again. I think there was some storyboard stuff on the Pearl Harbor DVD. Wow! Um, so, yeah. So yeah, uh, I guess we'll find out soon enough. You know, if he does a storyboard, but I see what you're saying. Oh Dude, my it's, god! It's, it's hang on, I gotta take a moment to recollect myself. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> he's but, not like on. He's not like on set. Well, well I'll say this: like one, one fact that he likes to bring up is like he shoots fast. So I'm guessing he has a plan, you know, in mind when he comes to set. He's like, I want to do this, this, this. You know, he's not like other directors. I can't think of any other directors at the top of my head who do this, who are like, they go to set and they go. Okay, so this is what we'll do. Just you stand there. I think when he comes to set, he has a plan. He's like, he wants to shoot and go. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he does storyboard. He has, like, that set in mind when he jumps into the sequences. So You know, I mean, off mic, we were talking about his his website, michaelbay.com, and for the (laughs) longest time, the name of that website was Shoot for the Edit. And apparently ah. the origin of that comes from some documentary or something like that about Armageddon where he was talking about how as he's shooting, he's imagining the edit in his head. So that's how he shoots. He shoots for the edit, which as cheesy and everything as that sounds like I think about that all the time, like when I'm podcasting and stuff like, oh, record for the edit you know I, I don't know what whatever so even if he doesn't storyboard he does have that in his mind getting those pieces together but that being said like especially in the opening sequence of this movie there's a lot of like really cool shots which are not really cut together in a way which make a lot of sense like 
oh, that's a cool bit. And oh, that's a cool bit. Why, but why did we see that one part before that other part? That kind of, that's yeah. weird, you know? And and like, I, the, the thing, like his editor on this was Christian Wagner, who's, you know, one of the best editors in the history of editing, right? But like, this is like one of his very first movies. So I think everyone was still just kind of learning because you don't see either of those guys make those mistakes like later on in their careers. So I think they're all just kind of trying to figure out how to do this here. And they made a few mistakes along the way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to bring this up because like we're talking about it. So he did an interview for a car and drive, um, (laughs) the website. Of course he did. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, car and drive asks him, you're famous for shooting very quickly, right? And he goes, I like to have an active set and a fun set. I keep my days to a decent hour. I don't go overtime. Do I beat Do I beat people up? Yeah, I beat people up in that they know I like to shoot fast. And they know I like to be efficient. And they like to leapfrog. Here's the thing. When you're fast, uh, when you're shooting, there are great things that you discover. Being fast, you also sometimes get more time to experiment. So there, there you go. go. That's his thoughts on shooting fast. And just sort of uh, piggybacking on that, one of, one of the frequently asked questions on michaelbay.com is, <laughs> what cars does Michael drive? Oh, okay. <laughs> D- uh, does it give an answer, Mike? Uh, he currently drives a Ferrari 458 Italia, a Bentley Continental GT, and a Land Rover Sport. But I have yeah, a feeling that, that this right. hasn't been updated for years, so you know. <laughs> probably something i've got i've got a note on that actually Uh, going going back to the car and drive interview uh car and drive asks him in the first bad boys movie in 1995 was that your personal porsche 911 turbo in the movie (laughs) michael bay goes yeah this (laughs) of course it was yes the, the studio the studio didn't want to rent a car and we didn't have the money to rent one and porsche didn't want to support the movie the funny thing is at Porsche, when they saw the movie in Germany, they threw us a bad boys party. It's funny how they didn't initially believe in it. So yeah, it was his movie. I mean, it was his Porsche in the movie. Um, he, really, he just wants to make that clear because the studio was cheap. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it works. I mean, Sam Raimi used his car in his first movie, and you know, there you go. So did uh, Michael Bay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of that kind of just feeds into the notion that yeah, maybe, maybe he's maybe he doesn't storyboard anymore. Maybe maybe he does. Uh, he, he, I think that I think he did at one point is what we can kind of determine from from all this. Um, but he knows what what he wants, you know. And I think even like it, it, when you when you go on set for any movie. Uh, we can, you know, we're we're the ones watching it. We're not the ones experiencing the making of it. So we can kind of point and say, like, oh, well, I don't think this worked that well. This, the whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you, if you don't know what you're doing on on the set when you're making the movie and in post production, pre production, the the whole production process. If if you're if you don't have your head on right, it's gonna be a mess and things aren't gonna come together in any meaningful way. And whether or not this movie Bad Boys still works for everyone, because I know Bay does does have his detractors, a lot of them. Um, <laughs> some something's clearly clicking, and what he wants uh, turns out to be what a lot of people want to see. 
And for, for all the, the issues I do have with his work, I think what, what's always going to bring you back to it is that he – that style – that that immediate impact with like oh that's a great shot that's a cool shot uh, this this flows really nicely oh that's really cool and awesome and kind of sexy it's just a car but still is like he's shooting it like he's shooting a Victoria's Secret commercial and then oh, stuff's yeah. blowing up in the background so in, and <laughs> as, as an American male in the back of my mind I like to 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 try to be my best self and you know like we live in a very harsh world that doesn't treat. Uh, women very well or, or minorities very well. But when I watch a Michael Bay movie, something in the the worst parts of my brain all fire on all cylinders and I'm just like, yeah, I want to have a pizza and a beer. I want to like, unbuckle my pants. I want to kick my shoes off, put my feet on the table. Just just the worst version of myself enjoying the the, the best American cinema has to offer. I mean, when you have after that huge explosion explosion at the at the, uh, the, the at the airport hangar, like you get a car chase, like it's just full fully loaded, this fucking boss to the wall car chase to end the movie with the bad guy, like like uh, uh, you know they're racing the bad guy towards like this death trap. Uh, it's like pure adrenaline, and I'm I'm right with you there, Diego. <laughs> Like what could I possibly want in life other than this? Yeah, and it's like um, it's it's not a, a mind blowing story. This the script is like functional. The characters are solid. They work because of the the style of the director and really great cast of actors all across the board. Even even the villains are like they're like less than one note. They might be cardboard yeah. cutouts of villains, but they're like they do it and they do that well. Um and for a movie like Bad Boys that's all you need because, I mean, like, look at how many, like, buddy cop movie attempt franchises don't take off or, like, action movies nowadays where stuff's cut to garbage and it's um, – there's a really flat style to them and they're not entertaining to watch. Like, uh, God bless him, Jamie Foxx. I'm a fan. But he had, like, a movie called Sleepless that came out, like, a year or two ago and it's just, like, so boring and it wants to be, like, all cool and Michael Mann and it just – it doesn't work. People harp on Michael Bay, but only Michael Bay does what Michael Bay does. Yeah, man, <laughs> that is true. And as we wrap up, um, I have one final thought. I mean, I I love rewatching this this past week, and we'll talk about his future work. But there's something to be said that how a lot of this, no, basically all of it. I can't think of like one digital shot. There's, it's all practical. Um, and watching some of the bonus features um, on iTunes today, like he has like a tw- this like twenty five minute b- uh, behind the scenes thing where it's basically just the the, the practical effects guys shooting uh, machine guns <laughs> like that's and and and, and pyrotechnics <laughs> like that's that that's a special effects just nothing but like gunshots and you know and um, fucking fake blood and 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 fucking fake fire that's all he cares about and. The practical effects work here, it's, it's stellar. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in the future, but I think it gets lost in the digital realm a bit too much. So seeing him, you know, bare bones here, uh, it, it was it was great to see you once again. So that's my that's my final thought on that. Uh, any final thoughts on this movie? Uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I think it holds up. Uh, I mean, just watching it again today, I was kind of blown away i was like i mean i was talking to my wife uh 
earlier today and I'm like, I don't understand why people don't like this movie. Like it holds <laughs> up, you know, it, it, it really, really holds up better than I think I had even thought. And, uh, the, the fact that it's not his best movie, uh, maybe not even close to his best movie. I'm not sure it is really saying quite a bit. So looking forward to seeing what's coming up in the future. Oh yeah. Um, Diego, what about you? Some final thoughts? Uh, one of the quintessential nineties action movies. Um, if Mike, Michael Bay has a handful of other quintessential nineties action movies too. So if, if you were to make a list, it would be dominated by people like Tony Scott and Michael Bay. And I think that's for good reason. Uh, and I even think that a lot of the detractors uh, of Michael Bay kind of look fondly back at this era because I think this is when people were mostly on board with him as a filmmaker. Uh, and so I, I'm really interested in checking when we when we talk about the other stuff, when we check him out again, and, and why that is. Like maybe there's like a through line that we just never caught or I never caught, certainly. Uh, maybe it's something to do with Jerry Bruckheimer. I, I, I don't know, but I, I'm really excited and – you, you could do far worse for a first feature film than Bad Boys. Absolutely. I mean, I, I still think it holds up, like like you were both saying. I mean, it's a quintessential 90s movie. I have, like, two things to wrap up on, two notes. Um, yeah, this is a Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer production. They were huge in the 90s, obviously. And and doing some some research, I found that Michael Bay was upset because they were focused on at that time on Crimson Tide, the Tony Scott movie. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, Crimson Tide, another huge nineties movie, nice action movie. Um, and the, the last thing I'll I point out is, um, earlier we said, uh, who was that English director? <laughs> uh, Michael Bay was talking about, I'm going to, I'm going to put my money on Tony Scott. Imagine <laughs> Tony Scott directing, you know, a version of this movie, you know, whether it be, Oh, we, we, we forgot to mention this, funny factoid Arsenio Hall was uh, at one point considered for the Will Smith role so imagine Martin Lawrence and Arsenio Hall starring in this it's <laughs> hmm. another parallel universe thought but no but um, it's it's this and like every other like Jared Bruckheimer uh, production at the time yeah it brings back for me fond memories of the 90s um, and yeah uh, they just did it differently back then um it's hard these days to come up with an action movie that has like the the heart that this and other Bruckheimer productions has. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's my thought on Bad Boys. That's my thought. All right, guys. I mean, well, it's a good episode one, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. feel accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we we nailed Bad Boys. Nailed it to the wall. Before we go, <laughs> listen. My adrenaline is pumping right now. This is a Michael Bay podcast. I'm gonna go drink a six point. pack right now. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Before we go, let's let's hype it up even further with plugs. All right, Diego, plugs. Where can the people listening find you online? All right, you could find me over at the, the Waffle Press. I have all my other podcast nonsense. It's fun. Uh, the time this goes up, I'll probably be winding down my Batman retrospective or getting ready for my next retrospective series. Uh, you can also check out one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations about other movies, roundtable discussions, or have on guests talk about movies and theaters, yada, 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 fun stuff. Uh, and my Twitter at D-E-W-G-O-Waffles, where you'll find links to all my writings, 
thank thank you guys for listening to this. This is I, I feel like this is going to be one of the the most entertaining podcast series I do of all time of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, you can find me uh, on thenerdparty.com doing a show called Retro Perspective, where we look at everything released 25 years ago this week. And you can find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, where we do a show called Film Damage and talk about movies from the perspective of the booth. And you can also find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at mumbles3k. There you go. Um, as for me, talkfilmsociety.com. Everything Talk Film Society. Read our writing, listen to our podcast, help us out with the Patreon, get exclusive perks and content. Everybody loves content. Um, and that's it. Boy, join us next time for... Is it The Rock? It's The yeah. Rock, right? Yes, it's The Rock. Oh, I can't wait to revisit this. Oh. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but man, do I love me some <laughs> some some Nicholas Cage on Carmen Michael Bay action. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, and now it's time for our signature catchphrase. Do you guys remember it? I do. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Here we go. Three, two, one. You Don't forget your, your boarding pass. Point. You forgot your boarding pass. <laughs> God damn it. You messed it up. Messed that up, yeah. Oh, well. Ex- explosion. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs>